Not quite. Darkness is a podcast that contains spoilers, opinions, and general. Listener discussion is advised. children of all ages for joining us again for another episode of not quite darkness my name is keith brooks and with me as always is mr chad dowdy chad how you doing i'm doing good keith how you doing so good (laughs) so good (laughs) that's incredible okay i'm doing great if you couldn't tell from chad's uh face uh today we're here to talk about the um the dangers of not using sunscreen no we're here to talk about the movie Fade to Black. Uh, this was my first. Uh, this was my second time watching the movie. Chad, was this your first time watching? Number it? one. Yep. Uh, and such a fan already. It looks like he's going. To... Maybe we'll see. We'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just dive right into it. It's mesmerizing to look at your face. So, as always, sir. Well, I'll say that you know you threw down the gauntlet last time because you said we're going to watch this, and I can't wait to see what you're going to wear. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. that's not always going to work, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it worked out amazingly this time. That's pretty well. Yeah, it worked out yeah, pretty well. Phenomenal. It's, it's just incredible. I can't get over it. I'm giddy looking at that. So, uh, so Chad, tell me, wh- what is Fade to Black about? What is Fade to Black about? So, this one, I'm going to start off first by saying I really like the premise, and then yeah. we're going to get into it as we go. I but... feel the same exact way. I like the premise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, what we do here, too, is we go through all the movies in search of darkness. So I, this is a movie not only had I had never seen it before, never even heard of it before it, I saw it on the documentary. I don't yeah. remember this being on my radar at all. So that being said, we're going to get into the movie. And, you know, it starts off with our main dude. Uh, Eric is his name. He's, he's from he's it. Watched, oh, he is from the uh, TV show. Yeah, yeah. You never seen it? Yeah, I, I, it's forever ago. Oh yeah, he's the uh, the mama's boy with the glasses and the asthma. Um, gotcha, Eddie. I think no, I don't yeah. remember that at all. But anyway, so that's who it is—the dude from it—and he's watching a movie on the smallest TV possible. I know it's the '80s, mm-hmm. but he's got a projector from what we see. Yeah. So, but again, clearly he loves movies. Movies are all over his walls, posters, things like that. And then his uh, his mom comes in, but it's not his mom. It's his aunt, apparently. But 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 then it's not his aunt. It's his mom, apparently. But there's we also this weird that. incestuous thing that it, like it, it is unbelievable. Yeah, it is super weird. But she comes in and she's just giving him a hard time. Uh, she's just she's the worst. She yeah. blames him first. Of all, she's in a wheelchair, yeah. so she blames him for being in the wheelchair because he got sick when he was four years old and she had to leave a party and go pick him up or something like that and had a wreck. Yeah. So since he's been four years old, she's probably been this terrible to him because she is terrible, Terrible. you know, and it it gets worse, but you know, just to start out, she's not great. Um, Then 
in the moment when she's fussing at him and stuff, he comes back to her with like a mo- a quote from a movie, and then it cuts to a clip from that movie from back in the day, which I kind of like. Like I like that I part like of that it. too. I was I like, wish oh, you would have kept doing that. Yeah, but it doesn't. It does it like twice, and then we're done with that. Yeah, because I was like, okay, yeah, I like where this is going. If if we're gonna see old movie clips and he's acting them out. Yeah, I might be yeah. on board for that. But that was, like I said, super interesting. Um, and then he goes to work, uh, and he works at a production studio, question mark? I think it's just a distribution center where they, they make the actual reels that they send to theaters. Gotcha. That makes sense, because they might have said it, and I, I didn't really quite understand. But mm-hmm. So he's at work, but he has issues at work. And to be honest, I'm surprised this dude has not been fired. Just Absolutely. based on that one conversation. Absolutely. It's like, is he his, that's not what happens, but is he his secret dad? And he's yeah. like keeping him on payroll? Because that's how terrible. These these are just the two minute conversation. The dude lost pet, the petty cash and he needs more petty cash. So do you believe anybody that loses petty cash? Like, I'm not saying he, he probably did. Yeah. But people don't lose petty cash. He lost petty cash. He didn't deliver something that he was supposed to deliver and he was late to work that day <laughs> it was like it's just and, and still asks to borrow money like at the end of that conversation it's like what the fuck are you doing man he should have been <laughs> fired immediately. immediately like i said secret dad maybe yeah you know with all the crazy may- stuff that happens in this or maybe it was just easier for boomers back in the day maybe work has gotten really <laughs> difficult now and that's why they're criticizing us because they don't know what it's like in the world now that's true they don't understand uh, and then we we cut to the cops talking to a Doctor Moriarty. I mean, wow! That, I mean, they're going hard <laughs> if that's what you're naming the guy. And if you don't know this doctor, it's Tim Tomlinson from he's Doll Man from the Full Moon movies. He's also in Trancers. He's ridiculous. He's ridiculous. There's a harmonica solo he has later in the movie. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like I don't even understand what he's doing. Not like. I'm not two things. I don't understand what he's doing in this movie. What's well, one thing, but I don't understand what he's even doing at the police station. What is his role? I don't, what I don't understand it at all. Because I think he's supposed to ostensibly be studying the psychology of people, but then later on when he confronts Eric, he's like, "You fucking lunatic." Yeah. And it's like, "You're awesome. the psychologist." Yeah, like, it's so funny because what he does is he's like, "We can help you, Eric." And then 2 seconds later, "You motherfucker." <laughs> it's like, so what? intense and then uh, uh, they're probably the same uh, I think the deputy he sleeps with is a little bit younger than him Um, but maybe the mom and Eric qualifies our inappropriate age relationship well, that's it that's yeah. the one I was I have it uh, yeah. that's the inappropriate one yeah on, on a lot of levels on a lot of levels yes, exactly <laughs> this one takes the cake for sure but, but we'll get to that scene oh yeah. my goodness it was crazy so, again, I don't know what Moriarty's doing there. I don't even know what they're talking about. Whatever. But he's a psychiatrist or whatever you said, psychologist. And then Mickey Rourke, baby. Yeah. Mickey Rourke shows up. He, You know, he works with Eric. And this is the weirdest, some of the weirdest bullying I've ever seen. And, like, how Eric fends off that bullying is like, hey, you guys know any movie trivia? Like, and they go along with him. Absolutely. Like, yeah, we don't move trivia. What are you talking about? He's like, I bet you twenty dollars. And it's just, and he gives him it's the craziest movie trivia I've ever heard. You have two and a half days to answer. 
But I guess this is pre-internet. I guess that's how boomers did it back in the day. Yeah. Also, I love he's like, I bet you didn't know what Hitler watched on the third week of June. Like, the fuck? But still, like, Mickey Rourke is good in this movie. He finds a way to be believable while everybody else is just whatever the fuck they're doing. But Rourke is, like, sort of grounded in it. That is true. But you're right, because thinking about it like that from that point of view, the main character is insane. It's like whatever he's doing. Yeah. The lead actress that we're going to get to, insane. The aunt slash mom, insane. Dr. Moriarty, insane. It's yeah. Like, everybody's just insane in this movie. Um, the trivia question, which I did not know, was Rick's full name from Casablanca. Oh, I don't know either. They do say it later in the movie when yeah. they have another bullying scene. And he's like, it's Richard Dalton Castle. Like, I don't know. No. That is the moment where it does come back. Um, so Herrick leaves. It's supposed to be working, but he's not. You know, he's at a diner and he sees these uh, two women chatting at the diner. And he, the look that he is giving these women is some of the creepiest. Like, this guy's a serial killer immediately. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you see that in real life, and you're a female, especially. This dude is an insane person. Don't get me Look wrong. Me. Look at me, Keith. He's insane. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. That really uh, brings out your eyes, that makeup. But I do think the Marilyn Monroe chick is incredibly attractive. Like, she's gorgeous. They cast really well for her. Absolutely. And, and I actually really like her character. I Like, her and Mickey Rourke are the ones that are like, you're kind of believable people. Even though the Marilyn Monroe girl is like, oh, crazy person? Yeah, I'll go with him. That'll be fun. And then just yeah, like, at every turn. Off at every turn. Um, but I kind of believe it. Like, I believe her when she's doing it. Uh, but it is just poor decision making. The movie. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So he sees these girls and they notice that he's staring and he starts imagining the Marilyn character as Marilyn Monroe singing happy birthday to him. So that's the fantasy that he's having in his mind that she's watching him. And his reaction to that is like orgasmic is not the word because he looks like confused and like worried. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain what he's giving off in that scene, except for the creepiest vibes ever. And her friends like, yeah, he looks creepy. And she's like, no, like you said, he's kind of cute or whatever. Then he talks to her that's even more creepier. As Marilyn Monroe. He doesn't talk to her as a random person. He's like, I'm a big fan of your movies. Like, <laughs> whatever he sounds yes, like. <laughs> exactly. It's like, this girl is insane. You, I would not want to mess with this girl at all. It, it, it's just crazy. But again, they talk. They hit it off. And she just leaves with him. On his little Vespa, yeah. they go. I don't even remember what they do. They just have a day of it. And then they set a date for later that night. No, he's just taking her to her job. That's yeah. What it so they're just riding on the Vespa. He's giving her trivia as he goes. He's one of those, like, actually people. The thing that sucks about this movie uh, is while we were – while I was watching this movie over the past couple of weeks, I've been working on a movie trivia show for YouTube, right? And so I've been accumulating all these trivia questions. And then I watch this movie, and I'm like, I, I just – like is, it, is this me like it was just so uncomfortable anyway go ahead that might be you Keith. i was i was a little point. worried when i was watching this oh, but, no. so you know 
they make a plan to have a date, an actual date later that night. She's totally cool with it, you know, as far as I go. Then we're back to Dr. Moriarty. I have no idea what he's doing again, except for Coke and the female cop. That yeah. that's it. I yeah. still don't know what he's what he's got going on. Are they are they having sex yet? In this because when they the scene where they have sex, he pulls out snacks from her vagina or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like so weird. Such a weird scene. Yeah, I think so. I think because that's when they're laying in bed watching the news, and it's like, yeah. yeah, TV's really warping the minds of youth today. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is uh. A very, a very early message. Um, like again, we know about satanic panic and things like that. But as far as like movies warping, like I don't remember that being like a thing, you know, back in the eighties. But maybe I guess. Yeah. I think it came and went in waves because I think there was like a, a big thing at the end of the forties about mob movies and then monster movies in the fifties. I think they, they were always more targeted. You know what I mean? And then. Right. The, but if they if this is what 1980, just stick around a couple more years to see how fucked up the movie's going to get, you know. Yeah, exactly. So and now we're back to Eric at his home and this to your front door. This is the problematic more than just age issue. So Eric's got his date and he asks for a loan from his aunt that we think it's his aunt at the time. Asks for a loan and she says she'll give him the money. If after he gets done with a date, he comes back and rubs her back. And she doesn't say it like, oh, rub my back because of my, you know, sciatica. <laughs> she is like giving him. The eye. Yeah. She's I like, mean, rub whoa. my back. <laughs> like sort of thing. It's creepy. It's creepy. It is super creepy. It's super problematic. But it's amazing to me out of all of these films that we have watched every one of them has so far had a crazy age gap. Yep. 1980s is the year of fucking your elders, I guess. That's what it is. And again, uh, I'm not going to spoil it yet, Keith, but I already know next uh, time's movie. It's there too. Oh, I'm sure. I'm so sure. that's just every eighties movie. Next time we're watching list. Harold and Maude. Is our next film. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, super creepy. He goes to his date. He's meeting her at the movie theater. And she is just not there. And it cuts to her. What's so funny about it is it cuts to her. And she's on a date with another guy. She's just out on a date with no mention whatsoever of her other date. With a guy that she, like, seemingly does not enjoy being with. Like, and looks bored the entire fucking time. But hungry. And and I, yeah, go ahead. Exactly. Again, the first guy's super creepy. Yeah, I'll go out with you. This guy, she clearly doesn't like him. And yeah, I'll go out with you. And then she's out of date with him. So this she does realize, oh my God, I was supposed to have I had a date with another guy. She just leaves and runs off. But it's already been too long for Eric. He's been there. And this is such uh, melodramatic shots of both of them. Because he's super depressed, which again, uh, maybe rightly so. Yeah. This guy, he's got a date with a Marilyn Marilyn Monroe lookalike. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, for him. So I'd probably be that acting all that depressed. But she shows up in the cab, and he's not there. And she, you think she's about to faint? Yeah. It's like Scarlet and Gone the Wind days. The way she's acting. 
She's so I, disappointed. I feel that's the entirety of this movie is like really melodramatic moments where it's like, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> like that's the entire film. Especially when the dude starts quoting movies or whatever. And it's just like, he's so separated from reality. It is Absolutely. crazy what he's doing. Uh, but there's, I'm still waiting on the horror to happen in this movie. Like, Obviously, I think okay, this kid's maybe going to go crazy or whatever. That seems like crazier. He's going crazier. So then he he heads home to watch his movie, and his aunt comes in and she's super pissed because yeah. no back rub. You know that that's that's got to happen. So she just starts busting up the place. She's knocking over his projector, messing up the stuff. And I can't remember if this was the movie he was watching, but he starts at least imagining an old movie where a lady in a wheelchair just gets pushed down the stairs. Mm -hmm. So you see clips of that, which again, is kind of cool because Mm -hmm. that's what he's imagining in his head. And then he actually does push her down the stairs, killing her. So, and she's dead and he stands there and just laughs and it is like the most unreal realistic laugh i've ever heard in a movie it's, it's like this this dude cannot laugh he doesn't know how to laugh <laughs> it's so like cartoony and like just not believable even on his level of insanity it just feels so contrived it's so weird <laughs> exactly because again i get it if he's trying to do a character you know yeah. maybe from a movie but it is just it's just terrible just yeah he's crazy but so again he's pushed down the stairs and um then we get the funeral i guess it's a funeral but because they act like there's going to be a funeral later maybe it's i don't know what it is but anyway he's there and everybody's acting like it's an accident that she fell down the stairs no one knows that he actually did this on purpose um and he takes all some of her stuff and he just starts burning it he's putting out um like a cigarette in her ashes. He's just, you know, overall being terrible heart to hurt. Now, again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, he shouldn't be acting that way. Yeah. Because of what we have kind of gathered from what we've seen so far. So then, uh, this, this was weird to me at first until like it kind of made sense. The male lady shows up and she's trying to talk to him and then she realizes it's a different name on the mailbox that even the street sign and he says that his name is Cody Garrett or whatever yeah Cody Jarrett yep Cody Jarrett yeah yeah in in an accent yeah as See? well <laughs> what yep. is it with the fucking 80s whenever they're trying to do a voice they do 40s gangster voices like what is 100%. that like to be fair if i was doing a gangster voice that's what i would do too yeah See? <laughs> but you're you're an expert, so you know. <laughs> good. So he says Cody Jarrett, male lady leaves, and then you have a scene with him doing this to his face. He's two he's two facing it up, basically. Absolutely. You know? yeah. And that that's like the on a lot of the boxes, that's the cover is his face like this. Yeah. Even though there's some other things behind his face, like other masks th- yeah. that he wears throughout the film. Um but yeah, again, super weird. And he, he's dressing up as a vampire. So his whole face ends up turning white. But he dresses up as a vampire. And he goes to watch Night of the Living Dead. And uh, 
you know, public domain movie. Yeah, you're definitely going to show Night of the Living Dead <laughs> for this guy. <laughs> kind of doesn't have a whole lot to do with with like his mo, but uh, fine. But he's particularly like liking the kill scenes. You know, when yeah. people are you know getting to eat. You know, um, one of the things I neglected to mention earlier is when he was all depressed, he tried to buy a hooker, but the hooker didn't want anything of him because he didn't have like enough money. Or something like that. Well, I don't know if it was, if it was that he didn't have enough money because I don't know what hooker rates were in 1980. But yeah, okay, he, sure, but, it, sure. He, but but he was, I think he was being too weird for her because at first he's like naive. He's like, "What time does the bus come?" And she's like, "I don't know. I'm working." And he's like, "Oh, where do you work?" Um, and then she's like, "I suck dick for money or something." <laughs> and then he's like, "I got a dollar fifty. and then. She pulls up, then like a guy pulls up and she gets in the car, but doesn't even like talk to the guy she's getting in the car with. She's just still yelling at this fuck. She's like, <laughs> and I imagine that guy's like, uh, ma'am, it's a red light. Why are you getting in my vehicle? Exactly. <laughs> it had to be a regular, you know. Yeah, had to had be. To be. Yeah. <laughs> so then we cut back. That's to... Rob Prago's cameo in the film. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. We come back to, you know, Marilyn at home. And if you didn't know she was drunk, she trips over her own feet and laughs to herself and says, oh, I'm a little drunk to yeah. no one in particular, except us as the audience, I assume. Yeah, which is fine. Which, is fine. which is fine, but also doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. It yeah. doesn't come into play ever again. It's not like she's tipsy and, you know, misses something or trips or whatever. Well, I think that I think it's it helps her excuse what happens to her in the shower without having red flags <laughs> i guess if i had to assume why it was there um because then we see her her breast western so do you think this movie is smart enough to they they film the shower scene and they watch no. it and they're like you know what this is not believable that she's gonna act this way what if she's drunk? Let's go back and reshoot it or yeah. add a scene where she's drunk. No way, I, Keith. No way, because I also don't think – how the fuck does he know where she lives? Like Many questions are coming up. Many it's questions. It's about to get very confusing. Yes, he automatically knows where he lives, and I'll give it a pass being the 80s. Maybe the door was unlocked. But yeah. she gets in the shower, and he's in the house. He's lurking around, and I'm going to be honest with you. Again, never seen this movie before. It showed her so many times without showing her boobs that I was like, oh, we're not going to see her boobs in this movie. It's they're just doing the best they can. She didn't want to show her boobs because it showed her so many times before. And and, and then she turns around. Yeah. Oh, no, I was wrong. There were <laughs> boobs. OK, it, that's just weird editing in that situation, because oh, I really thought I was like, because, again, I have, we haven't seen anything horry yeah. so there's no blood i mean i didn't know what this movie was rated i couldn't remember i didn't know if it was pg-13 or R, no. or i guess pg-13 wasn't even a thing back then but anyway he's there he's still in his makeup and to me this could have been a thousand times better but it was a holy shit moment in the movie yeah. because she's taking a shower he's coming up to her just like psycho he grabs a shower curtain rips it open and he's holding up a pin first of all yeah. And she screams and the music sounds like psycho. And the way he's holding the pen looks like Norman Bates. And uh she just starts screaming and he says like I just wanted your autograph and then he runs off. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then we see ink going into the shower drain, you know, like psycho. I like that except for like, he just said, I want your, I just wanted your autograph. And then he runs off. It was the weirdest thing ever. And then we don't see her again for like 30 more minutes Mm -hmm. and not talk to anybody about this. There's no mention of, even if she didn't know who it was, because again, he's good. He's made up a little bit. Even if she didn't see him, that is crazy. The dude was in your house and, but also basically attacked you almost, but also this lady's tipsy and we clearly see she makes poor decisions all the fucking time. So who who knows how many times this has happened to her this (laughs) week? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) exactly. It's a normal occurrence for her. Yeah. Her friend is completely normal, by the way. She, you know, well, I take that back up until one moment that we'll get to, but in general, she's like, that dude's creepy. Uh, You don't need to do that by yourself. You know, you know, she's, she's the normal supportive friend, but so he runs off and he sees the hooker from earlier mm-hmm. that we were talking about. And I don't remember if he propositions her again, but he's just being super creepy to her. Yeah. And then she runs off and he chases her. Even though she was getting in her car, she chooses to like, like open the Go door, then close the door and then run. Like it's, yeah, I guess don't let him know your next move, Queen. Like, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. And <clears throat> this was kind of neat, too, where as he's chasing her, we're getting it intercut by shots as Christopher Lee as Dracula in, in one of his Dracula films, kind of doing the same thing. So yeah. I, I like that, too. I like yeah. that they were, they were doing stuff like that. So, again, he's chasing her. You don't really know what his intentions are, I guess, other than he's just being a creepazoid. And she trips, and you don't see it. It's off screen. All the violence is, but go ahead. Exactly. And so she's just laying there, and clearly, like, something has went through her neck or something, and she's she's clearly dead. And the dude, because he's dressed up like a vampire, he tastes her blood, and then he actually starts like a vampire would, you know, on on her wound. I mean, it's gross, and Mm -hmm. it's effective. But what's weird about it, again, he dressed up like a vampire to watch Night of the Living Dead and then attack somebody and then suck her blood as a vampire. Like, it, yeah. it could have been a little more connectivity yeah. uh, to that, you know. Yeah. Because, again, he could still be a zombie and want to eat her. You know Absolutely. I mean? Or just have him watch Nosferatu because that's public domain. Or just, <laughs> just have the shots be when you're cutting back to forth. Cut to Nine Living Dead, as opposed to Christopher Lee. Like, um, so you're still yes. drawing some, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Um, and now, did you forget about Mickey Rourke? Because I did. I forgot he was in this movie. <laughs> well, he, he owes him forty dollars. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's been two and a half days, mm-hmm. and he never answered. Uh, what it is? So again, he shows up again just to pick on Eric. That that that's all you know. They're doing. They're just picking on him, him and his buddy. So Eric's home watching a Western. And the next thing you know, Eric is dressed up like a cowboy, wearing like a fake mask so you can't see his face. This is the creepiest of the masks he wears. Like to me, this is the only one that works uh, because it's very, I don't know, fake looking but fun. Uh, Yeah. Yes, it, it is. It is like, it's almost like Uncanny Valley. Yeah. Boy, his face looks, which, you know, makes it super creepy. Um, so he actually, you know, 
says to Mickey, he throws him a gun and let's draw just like the old West or whatever. And he actually shoots Mickey and kills him again. Like you said, two scenes, uh, but uh, (laughs) believable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, I don't understand why Eric just didn't get a career in special effects because he's really fucking good for a guy who lives in an attic. You know what I mean? Like he's great at this stuff. But yeah. And you know, a lot of this is time sensitive because he's home watching the movie at night the the carnivals that night and he immediately cooks all this stuff up yeah and somehow pinpoints where they are like is he again he knows where people are is he to lure him into a back alley you know unbelievable like the honestly the luck this kid has is amazing in this movie it's impressive that he survived that long yeah, it's almost as if someone was writing this story because of the way everything falls into place exactly the way you'd want it to. But I will say that this scene where because this is the first time he's actually well, I guess he intentionally meant to kill his aunt. He didn't mean to kill the sex worker. He means to kill Mickey. But this is the only one I feel that's actually shot like a horror movie because there's like fog that he comes out of and right. all that stuff and you could see the gunshots even though it goes into weird slow, slow motion but this is the only one that feels like oh well this is kind of creepy like and the rest of them are just cartoony ha 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 whatever but go ahead exactly and so now that mickey Rourke said uh dr moriarty he's on it he he might as well be batman because he's yeah. already figured this out Th- these two cases are linked and i would just say how, how would you think they are linked? Because one person fell and, her, you know, I guess they could tell she was attacked or at least somebody sucked her blood. Yeah. So uh, a dude dressed as a vampire killed the first one. And you don't know what this guy's dressed like, but just somebody gets shot in an alley. Well, well, they do know what he's dressed like because there was another guy with Mickey that ran oh, away. That's right. I forgot. So again, Somebody dressed up like as a cowboy shoots him. So how do you link those two cases? Just because someone was dressed up? Because or, the first night, everyone was dressed up yeah. at the Night of the Living Dead thing. And the so second night, there's no way you would connect these cases. Absolutely. Or he thinks, like, I just wish we had that scene where he's like, the vampires and the cowboys are working together. Like, that would have been the greatest <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing that again i'd like the least in movies where they're making a leap that we know but there's no possible way you can know to make this leap like at all you didn't show us anything you didn't show us a scene where he's checking hair follicles at both you know places or whatever we literally haven't seen him do any police work or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be doing he literally played a harmonica solo and went down on that lady and found a bag of fritos in her pussy like that's the only things we've seen like so but he also told the, the captain that he wanted to do something the captain's like you're not getting one inch around my prisoners so yeah. i still don't know why you're here no idea yeah it's unbelievable so next thing is Again, you could tell me if I missed something, but this seems extremely coincidental. He's just on the street hitchhiking, and a Hollywood producer pulls yeah. over and picks him up. Well, he has to give up the Vespa. Um, He gives the Vespa back to the his boss because it's apparently his boss's. He quits working there. We find out he's got a lot of insurance money from, from his aunt. And then he gets picked up. I mean, yeah, that that those two steps 
totally make it less of a coincidence. Totally. Go ahead. Yeah, because I thought, well, maybe I missed the scene where the where his boss was talking about some guy. Now, I, you know, I can actually make the case that this dude is so crazy that he knows this producer's route. And the fact that he knows, like, every Monday – he drives from here to here every Monday. Yeah. So you, but again, we don't see any of that. It's not explained. But then also, there's a guarantee. There's no guarantee that he's going to pick you up as a hitchhiker. Or actually make the case that this never happened and it's in his head. Like that would be more interesting to me. But I don't feel we really go there. Like no, because that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of like joker style or something like that yeah. where everything is coming true so perfectly for him then it's probably in his head because he's a crazy person yeah um so when he's in the car with the producer he tells him about a movie idea and the producer's like that's a great idea i'm, I'm gonna get that movie made it's the worst fucking idea i've ever heard <laughs> in my life there's barely an idea there he barely has a title and the title's dumb and it's just i hate it so much uh. <laughs> <clears throat> which again leads credence to the fact that this is in his head yeah it, it is crazy but again it's not unless the whole movie's in his head for a to a degree so again then he just goes around the city i guess they needed to fill time because he's just being a dick to everybody yeah he like, gets into an argument with a dude about the last time marilyn monroe walked that strange or something i don't i don't even remember well like, she's dead no she's yeah. not she's my girlfriend exactly exactly oh it's so <laughs> awkward then he to your point he goes back to like his boss or whatever he gets into an argument with his boss but he's talking like uh cody jared apparently yeah. like it's you know again acting some people are great some people are fine some people are not good and just think about a movie like Split with James McAvoy, where he's acting like different people, and you can almost tell immediately, yeah, like when he's somebody else, just by the his facial expression, just his movement, and again, that that's a high bar. I feel like of what James McAvoy did, numerous, but this guy is just clearly just doing a voice. And it's always like, the same voice at all. Like yes. every single weird character he tries to be, it's always, ah, see, like, uh, look at me. I'm a Russian. See, look at me. I'm Fidel Castro. See, <laughs> like, it's what? <laughs> like, so. And it's weird because, again, he's dressing up with these other characters when he's killing people. He's not acting like his alter ego, I guess. He's gangster character so at all. He gets into an argument, you know, with his, with his boss, and he he doesn't have the job anymore, and so now the boss is working late, and and, and somebody I think Mickey Rourke's Rourke Mickey Rourke's buddy who ran away tells him earlier that the boss has to have heart surgery because he has a bad ticker, yes. and then that establishes yeah this thing yeah An another convenience that's about to happen. So the the mummy oh and I'm sorry the Eric shows up. At his boss's place, dressed up as a mummy, and you can't tell that it's him at all. But also, I'd say, like you said, good work for great work in your house. And I know you don't have a car or a Vespa. <laughs> How the fuck did you get there? And and that not smear. You know what I mean? Like 
And did he walk like a monkey the entire the mummy the entire time? Because he he definitely was going crazy with it yeah. in the production studio or whatever. And it was shot so boring. Like that whole shot was just like a single wide shot. It felt like that day they're like, oh my god, 30 minutes. Just put the camera here. Let's go. And that's it. Yeah, like exactly. oh, I hate that scene. Go ahead. So he's just approaching his boss and he actually kills his boss via heart attack. So again, what are what a coincidence. Now this one is, you know. They'll never catch me blank. now. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he probably did laugh, uh, you know, as probably. as the mummy. So so his boss is dead. And then it's like a late night talk show with the producer yeah. that he met in the car. And the producer's talking about his next project. And he's talking about uh, the project that Eric told him about. Alabama like and the 40 Thieves or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid. It's like Alabama the Forty Thieves. It's a it's a movie about like a guy who tries to get something from these people. That's oh, an amazing story. Yeah. I'm stealing that. It's oh like, my god. What if they drove cars in the movie? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> exactly. So he he tells them, you know, about his idea. <laughs> and again. After the dude's done to the talk show, he's at the talk show, wherever that is, whatever studio he's at. And our buddy Eric goes to a payphone. He calls the producer. And gets him. Like, <laughs> gets him. no wonder <laughs> if this was what life was like in 1980. Oh, my God. I can't even get a hold of my water people to pay my bill. Much less, like, you know what I mean? Exactly. He goes straight through. There's nobody asking him any questions about why do you need to talk to him. This producer guy doesn't even fucking work here, but he's getting He doesn't even work there. It's awesome. Again, it seems like it's almost crazy in your head or whatever, but then but then you wouldn't have this this would not be the conversation if all your dreams were coming true. So the producer is acting like he doesn't know who he is, and he's like, I'm the Alabama the 40 Thieves guy. Don't you remember? And the guy's like I don't know what you're talking about. That's this is my movie. It just hangs up on him. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's again, he got the guy. I'll be talking to this producer. He stole my idea. I gotta talk to him. And and when he calls him though, he's even happy because yeah. he thought, you know, our movie doesn't even yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, this movie's getting made. And he's even told people about it. I, I can't remember who he told, but somebody I guess he I think he told his mom before. Maybe off to her. I don't know. I think the boss, because I think she was already dead by the oh, time he yeah. But no, yeah, he does he was... tell his mom. He tells his mom her ashes. I think he's talking to her ashes okay. or something. That's yeah. it. Yes, he's looking at her ashes. Uh, it's just, again, this whole, the movie's crazy, but this whole plot with this producer is just insanity. Yeah. It is ridiculous. Uh, it's almost like they didn't have enough of a script. Yeah, we need they to add a beat this, plot. Yeah. They added this producer stuff. That's what they did. Because again, we have now been about 45 minutes without Marilyn, who was sexually assaulted basically in her shower. Now, finally, she's back. But she's just talking about some photo shoot that she has booked with some random guy that she doesn't know. Yeah. And that's when it is completely normal in this. Like, yeah, I'll go with you just to make sure everything is cool. People are creeps. You know, you never yeah. know. So I do like 
that idea that we're going to have more help potentially like more maybe yeah yeah, cannon fodder you know things like that oh yeah he's gonna kill her you know to get to maryland but so that's obviously not what happens but now what i don't quite understand is uh again he also again knows exactly where the producer is but at this moment but doesn't he jack off to maryland first isn't that before yeah, that? Yeah, I wrote, I wrote that in my notes, and then I was like, "Nah, I don't need to say that." No, we'll go but, ahead and say it ahead, because Keith. it's uncomfortable. Because it's <laughs> because a the camera's way too close to his ding dong. Secondly, it's way too quick <laughs> that it happens. I see too much of what his action is. It's just uncomfortable all around, and it's only like for fifteen seconds. And he's saying weird shit like, "Look what you made me do," which is so uncomfortable to hear. When it was gross, it was gross. I don't understand how any man gets laid because of things we say during <laughs> sex. Um, but yeah, but then he magically knows where the producer is. Has bought a nineteen twenties car and a Tommy gun somewhere. Yeah, exactly. He, you're, you're right. He he didn't have a Vespa in his name. He had no money. Well, I guess he got the money. He had to buy it somehow. Yeah, I guess the insurance <laughs> paid out pretty nice, but and quickly too, because I feel like she died like two super days super quick. Yeah, like. <laughs> Super quick. Like, there's a process to buying an old gangster's car. I feel like, and yeah, and it just seems like that's. It's not like he ordered that a week ago. He just now decided to kill the producer after he got off the phone with him. Got that shit quick, man. That's. <laughs> but he knows where the producer's haircut at mm-hmm. at that time. The producer is getting his haircut, and the dude just comes in. And he just blows away the producer. And it's his birthday, Everybody too. else runs away. Yeah. The producer's birthday? Yeah, because they sing happy birthday to him and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, it would have been great to cut to, like, really quickly, Marilyn Monroe singing just for a second there. It's sort of, like, bring it in together. But Yeah. But fuck continuity, I guess. You know. No. In this movie, it's crazy. Because now, guess what? Apparently, all the police know... That Eric is the killer. I, I don't like all the killers. A dude, they sure there were plenty of witnesses that saw him with a Tommy gun, the gangster. But again, that's a gangster showing up face paint. Is that how they automatically know? Yeah. Oh, he's been doing it all. Yeah. It's it, mm. also, it seems like a really big leap to like, oh, there's a black and white, literally black and white gangster there. It's got to be Eric. We know Eric. Like, especially in Los Angeles. Like, it's... They, the cops even say this when they're on to him. They literally mention the mummy outfit. How the hell does anyone know that he was also responsible for this heart attack wearing a mummy costume? No. Also, remember that time he jacked off the Marilyn Monroe all weird? Like, <laughs> how do you know that? Like, it's... Dr. Moriarty knows, I tell you. Yeah. So now they go to the photo shoot, and it's definitely something Eric has set up. Because I think maybe the producer's name is Cody, or the photographer's name is Cody Jarrett. Yeah. So we know it's Eric. We know that's where she's going. And her or her friends show up, and they go in. They don't see anybody there. The place is decorated nice. And the friend goes, oh, it looks kind of nice in here. You're good. 
No I'm problem. Out. And she yep. just leaves. She's like, oh, yeah, this guy can't be a creep. He has pictures on the wall. Yeah, clearly. Creeps never have pictures on the wall, ever. And so she goes in and she sees him and she does not recognize him apparently because I don't, because she's even like asking who he is and he's acting like. Oh, he has like an some... accent, Prince of Wallachia yes. is what he says, which is Dracula, which is <laughs> it's weird. Again, Dracula stuff again, but he's not dressed up like Dracula this time. But again, like I'm saying, I'm saying Dracula wore that outfit. I just mean like his face is what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah. He's not, you know. But it's also the thing, and this is the nerd in me. Um, when he's dressed like Dracula earlier and they're cutting to the Christopher Lee Dracula, he's not dressed like Christopher Lee's Dracula. He's dressed like Bela Lugosi's Dracula because he has the amulet. But that's just, fuck, I'm Eric. God damn it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what what movie did Hitler watch on the third week of June? <laughs> Uh, Broadway. What was it? Broadway. Fight. It was something Broadway. The Broadway Lullaby or something like that. It's his favorite movie. I don't know anything about Hitler except the bad stuff, Keith. So, oh, gotcha. I don't know why you're trying to humanize him. Uh, (laughs) anyway, but uh, so again, I don't know how, but the cops know where Eric is. Like, I guess maybe they discovered that he leased out this, you know, building. Again, in record amount of time, set it up as a photographer. Set it up quickly, too. Like, that's a lot of stuff to get. When you can't order shit on Amazon, how are you this? is pre-Amazon. This This is pre-two-hour delivery, guaranteed. This this is when Amazon was still a jungle, like in a river. (laughs) This is not. It's unbelievable. But but suddenly, cops know where he is. And when I say the cops, Moriarty and his cop girl, they show up first and they confront eric and eric even though he's dracula he has a gun okay and cyanide pills or something (laughs) no idea what he gave her because he gives Marilyn something to drug her and he gives he takes it too but cyanide pills would act really quick so he'd already be dead but i always assumed it was something to kill both of them but i don't know what like or to keep them high i don't but he seems like Because it can't be like a mint. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, they're here. Fuck, take this. <laughs> and it's like, is it an Altoid? Is her breath really bad? Does she have too much Vegemite? I don't know. Anyway. So they show up. Moriarty's trying to calm him down. And Eric shoots Moriarty. And this is what you were saying earlier. Because Eric's on the ground. No, Moriarty's on the ground on his knees. And he's trying to reach him. Because his whole deal is, you know, he's just, you know, he's challenged. You know, something's wrong with him in his head. And, you know, I'm trying to reach these people. So he's laying there, you know, and he's like, we can help you, Eric. And he's got his head up. And he doesn't even wait two seconds. Eric does not move. Nothing happens. But he goes, we can help you, Eric. You're out of your fucking mind. What? What in the world? Yeah. So quick. It was almost like he was trying to help, and then the pain finally reached him <laughs> yeah. from his shot two minutes ago in his leg. And he's like, oh, shit, that hurts your fucking animal. <laughs> he literally just had a conversation about trying to reach him. I thought that, I mean, I had to pause it because I was just laughing so hard because I was like, is that really what they just did? It's unbelievable. So he runs off. Eric runs off with Marilyn Monroe. They run down the street. 
and the dude shot, uh, but they get in the car and they're going after him. Um, and they end up at uh, Grommish uh, Chinese, Chinese Theater. Theater. Is that, mm-hmm. Was it even called that back then in 1980? Yeah, I think so. So so that's where they are. There's a lot of people there. And Moriarty, even though that he's been shot, he's still a thousand times faster than a girl cop because they pull up, he gets out of the car, and he's stumbling. And it's like maybe a minute and a half. Yeah. Of all this. And then finally the lady cop gets out and runs. I don't even know what she was doing. It's ridiculous. So then now we're on the rooftop of the theater and Eric is up there with Marilyn. They're trying to, uh, I guess, yell and talk him down. I don't even remember, but he gets shot by a sniper. He's holding a gun up there, you know, brandishing a gun. He gets shot by this guy and he falls down. He kisses Marilyn, mm-hmm. and he gets back up, and he gets shot about ten times. Well, he locks he locks Marilyn in the uh, little fire escape thing, but those doors don't lock from the outside; they only lock from <laughs> the inside. But that's fine. We'll skip over that point. And she's messed up. She doesn't know how to use doors right now. Plus, anyway. like you could literally hear her go, oh, "Don't, no, don't, don't do anything." And then he closes the door, and she's like wait a minute and that's it like <laughs> weird uh but then he starts reciting from the cody jarrett white movie, heat white heat and and getting shot in the most mellow dramatic bullshit yes. scene i've ever seen life was just beginning <laughs> just... that's the end of the movie and it was not good. I, I I just did not do it for me. I mean, I had more fun talking about it, quite frankly, than yeah. I I think it's a great concept, great like, concept. But it's also like I feel like it is trying to tell you that movies will poison your mind, and I think that's bullshit. Um, right. It is one of those like I think about it's alive which was an anti-birth control movie, right? That said, if you take birth control, you will still have a baby, but it will be deformed. This like feels like it's in that category. Um, and it's just not, it, the execution is poor. I think there's some good parts to it. I think there's a great idea behind it. I think Mickey Rourke is good. I think Marilyn Monroe is good. Moriarty is not. Uh, Eric, <laughs> Eric has some moments and he's creepy, but it's just not, I think if you would have given this to a filmmaker who understands the genre, you could have had something there. But as it is, this is like the first one we've run into that I'm like, this probably shouldn't be on the list. Like, it's yeah. And even when I I rewatched the segment uh, from In Search of Darkness on this, and at least so far that I can remember, this is the shortest segment they ever had. Like, I would be surprised if it even lasted a minute them oh. talking about this film. It was not long at all. They might have had one or two talking heads talking about it. And I can't remember what they, you know, what they really said about it. It wasn't like anything, you know. Glowing. Did, or Keith, did you know? Yeah, so, but, I mean, I don't think it should be on the list either. I gave it uh, two and a half out of five on Letterboxd. Oh, let me see uh, I get that again, when you're talking about horror movies, I get the idea that horror movies might make you crazy and do these things again. So I can understand maybe why they might want to put it on the list, but certainly 
the idea is a thousand times better than any type of execution. Absolutely. I, I agree. I, I gave it two out of five stars. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, ladies and gentlemen, for Keith Brooks to give a movie two out of five stars, it's not going to be great because 90% of his movies are five stars. Yeah. That's the absolute truth. And again, I think I think the concept is really great. I just think it's poor fumbling of it. Like, um, and and though the concept is good, I think the intentions behind making the movie were kind of negative, and thus you get a negative result. But if I were going to remake it, I would implicate that cutting back to the shots, and I would just do it more. So when they're running, it's frantically cutting back and forth between, and we're matching shot for shot from like famous chase scenes and shit like that. But my cast would be Evan Peters as the main guy, as Eric. Um, I see that. Megan Fox as Marilyn Monroe. Um, and John David Washington as Moriarty, but give him like an actual, he still has to do the harmonica solo, but give him something else in there too, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about, you know, remaking this movie. Can it be remade today? Because of, again, what it's saying is, you know, the message of this movie is that, you know, watching horror movies or just movies in general will give you ideas, make you a psychopath, basically. So that's not now in our day and age. That is not new ground to cover. No. It might have been newish back then, but it's certainly not now. And it just depends on how it's handled. Obviously, if they did it now, it, it would not be because of that. Somebody might be saying it's because of that, yeah. but they're the crazy person, not you know, Eric in this case. Um, so it's a little bit difficult in that regard to pull it off. Cause I mean, again, he is crazy. And the whole premise is, is he is the movies are, he's, he's reenacting the movies. That's what he's doing well, it's at also, the end of the day. Yeah. He's, he's disassociated from his actual life and is living in this fantasy realm. So like, if I were making it today, I would sort of, I would be feeding into that. What is he actually experiencing and what is he not? These parasocial relationships that he construes with these celebrities, I would still make it a 1980s timepiece because I think there is something about living in that era before the internet, before all movies are at your disposal. But right. that idea of, you know, Los Angeles is a town where we have exalted the fake. And I don't mean that as a sign on people, but it is built on fiction, you know? And so to, to pry into how that relates to us and how it can be damaging to our psyche, the same way that I think there's a parasocial negativity to like Facebook and seeing people only posting their highlights of their life. I think you can delve into that. And what is it? Why does Eric want to disassociate like from this terrible relationship he had with his mother aunt? Right. Um, so I don't know, but go ahead. Sorry. As far as casting goes, I would cast, uh, Tom Holland as the character. And I, I got two different ways with the Maryland or no party. I would either, my first choice actually would be to cast an unknown that mm. looks like a Jennifer Lawrence or something like that. Like today's movie stars. Cause I wasn't thinking of setting in the eighties as far as that goes, but making it be a lookalike to Jennifer Lawrence or something like that. But if I'm not going with the unknown, then it was Emma Mackey. She's yeah. from Death on the Nile because she looks to me so much like Margot Robbie mm -hmm. that it would be Margot Robbie that would be like his obsession. Yeah. And it's her that looks a lot like Margot Robbie. That That's kind of how I would do the recasting. This was kind of tough, though, because, again, the subject matter, you know, so. Yeah. It also, like, I don't know if you've seen Fred Durst's movie, The Fanatic. It's terrible. Uh, with John Travolta, 
this it has like a similar tone to that, though I, I like this better than the fanatic because the fanatic's a piece of shit. This is like shitty, but not as much of a piece of shit as this. <laughs> right. This still has it's some, not like, terrible. I, no. I wouldn't say it's a terrible, terrible movie. No. But like you said, it's not worth being on this list for sure. No. And it's fine. All the all the violence happens off screen, like you said, except for yeah. the few times people get shot. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's so, it. Yep, that's it. Uh so that's the movie we watched this week. What are we watching next time? So unless you know something changes uh, changes with streaming, our next movie is Motel Hell. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen Motel Hell. This will be the first first for me. Well, okay, this will be your first first. Uh, be on the lookout for the problematic age difference because it will be very obvious. Okay, I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay, cool. So then we'll watch Motel Hell next. Uh, thank you guys for watching us fade to black and our weird coverage of this fucked up movie that we watched um chad where could the people out there find you uh on twitter and instagram nqc podcast awesome and if you want to find me you could find me in the not quite darkness <laughs> michael <Peace>. kind <laughs>